The following presentation is brought to you by the KMmedia.pro network. Each channel is created to provide highly engaging and fascinating content presented in an entertaining light just for you. Please visit KMmedia.pro for complete information. Now, stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our mission is to bring to you the best, most uplifting content heard anywhere. Great guests, interesting topics and ideas presented with a fun, entertaining style. Please join me, Kevin McDonald, and my friends as we bring new thoughts, terrific people, and creative ideas directly to you. Please join us right now for Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Positive Talk Radio. I got to tell you, don't go away. You're going to miss one, one heck of an episode if you go away today because I've got a couple of guests that I'm really looking forward to. Um, I just want to know where they were in 2007 when my marriage ended, but that's a story for another time. So, Eric, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I am very awesome. Thank you very much. And we've got a great show for everybody today. We're going to talk about that marriage thing with a couple of people that have been doing it for 25. Well, they've been married for 25 years and they've also, (laughs) and they've also uh, got a podcast that they've been doing since 2010 and they've had millions of downloads. So I'm really excited to talk to them because they are just phenomenal um and i and you know eric it's been 18 years i'm not going to ask you anything about your personal life but is everything going well or do you need to take get some advice from these folks <laughs> hey things are going well but i'm sure we can all learn something yes yes we can yes we can so without further ado i'm going to go ahead and by the way we operate these shows commercial free so that you can listen to the entire thing and you don't have to worry about breaks and get lost and that kind of stuff. So so I just wanted to point that out because I really enjoy doing these and I wanted to bring them to you in their entirety. So given that, we are going to talk with uh, uh, two authors. They are podcasters. They've been married for 25 years and they... they uh, take their uh, relationship and they put it right there out for everybody to see so that we can all learn a little bit from them so that you don't have to go through what I did in 2007. You can continue making it through because I was married for 24 years and they've, they've beat that, but, but you can make it through and to help understand how the different sexes work and how people change and how things are done and how to communicate and all that kind of stuff. So Tony and Lisa DiLorenzo are with us. Hi guys. How you doing? Doing fantastic. Kevin, how are you today? Doing great. I I tell you, I have been looking forward to the show for a long (laughs) time because, you know, and by the, by the way, if during the course of the show, if you'd like to give us a call to talk to them, you certainly may do so. And write this number down, which is 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. If, you don't, if your relationship is in trouble and you don't know how to fix it, I got a couple of people here that may be able to shed some light on it for you. So, uh, so with that, Tony and Elisa, thank you so much for being here. It's awesome to have you here. I got to tell you. Well, we've been looking forward to it, too. Um, I love what you do and just the energy that you bring to the airwaves. And so it's an honor for us to be able to spend this time with you. 
Well, it's, you know, like I said, where the heck were you in 2007? That's all I want to know. Um, well, at that point in time, we were married 11 years. Yeah, we hadn't even gone through all the crap yet. So, <laughs> well, we had. Well, we'd gone through quite a bit of it. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd gone through a lot by that point in time in our marriage. Yeah, we were so. just getting started. Now, how old were you guys when you got married? Were you a fully adult or were you like kids? No, I was 23 and oh. Alisa was 22. We met when I had just turned 21. Uh, so we met in the summer of 94. I had just turned 21 and Elisa was 19. And a few weeks after we had met, she had turned 20. Yeah, we were babies. Yes. That is the hardest thing to do, to stay married and to and to be together when you're basically still children yourselves, isn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's there's two sides of that, right? It's it's wow, we're still young. We don't know what we don't know what we don't know. And we we ran into a lot of uh um, walls mm-hmm. individually and together, but on the other side of it now, 25 years married, we've grown up together yeah. and we see that as a blessing that we got to grow up together and we get to learn about each other each and every day. A lot of kids that get married as an example, out of high school, we had a bunch of kids that got, that were high school sweethearts and they got married. I know two, two of them that are still married. Everybody else has, has been married multiple times and and stuff how what was your secret how did you guys manage to stay and mature together and get older together and change together which a lot of things happen between your early 20s and say 30 35 yeah into your 40s <laughs> yeah wow yeah. into your 40s yeah we've lived like four lifetimes together we have uh, a part of it was sheer stubbornness yeah, um, at times we neither one of us come from families that are divorced, right? And so we had this model where our parents stuck it out through highs and lows, and and so I think part of it was just there was a pride thing, like we didn't want to be, you know, the kids that got divorced. Um, but more importantly, we when we were at our lowest points, we started looking and we're like, there's got to be a different way. Divorce can't be the only option, and so we we started researching, you know, just what could we do? What does that look like for us? Because our kids were two and five when things were really, really bad. And neither one of us wanted to be a single parent um, and face, you know, what a a lifetime of, you know, splitting custody and splitting holidays and and doing all of those kinds of things. And so we, we knew we had to do something different and that's, that's what we went after. Yeah. You know, it seems to me a lot of people when they go in and every married couple that I've ever been around has been through that moment in time Mm -hmm. when it's like, holy crap, is this really worth it? Yeah. A lot of times they turn to somebody else. They turn to someone outside of the marriage for advice, to talk about, to bitch about their partner. I hope I can say that, that Eric. He'll fix that if I can. And, uh, um, you know, and and rather than how how did you guys, because you obviously talk to each other. Mm-hmm. which a lot of people stop doing. Yeah, that's that that's an interesting question. I think in in our day and age too, Kevin, many a people have come to a place of taking on the identity that this is who I am when it comes to how we communicate with our spouse. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not a talker. We don't talk together. And so it, it it's an identity like that's the way my dad talked to my mom or that's the way my mom talked to my dad and so it's an identity we we take on and I would challenge folks and, and we do challenge folks to that to really have the extraordinary marriage you desire you're going to have to be open honest and transparent with one another 
we had to learn that ourselves. We were willing to go there and go, all right, well, we don't like what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to do differently? And so we had to go, all right, well, we're going to have to open up to one another in ways that we've never been able to do before. And that I think was the impetus and the, the beginning point of going, all right, we, we, we can make this better than what we have had. Yeah. And we had, I mean, I had crossed the line prior to us getting to that point where I was working in a company that was, you know, mm-hmm. I was part of the sales force. The sales force was all men. It was like, you know, 60 men and three women on the sales force. And so all my friends were men. And, you know, before we got to the point that Tony just described, I mean, I was, you know, lunches were with the guys, you know, meetings were with the guys, everything was with the guys. And I got to this point where, because all of my time was spent with these other men, I I was crossing that emotional intimacy line, you know, Mm -hmm. talking about Tony, talking about our marriage and really got to a place where like, I could sense that if things didn't change, there was going to be that line crossed, whether it was going to turn into an emotional affair or potentially even a sexual affair. And, you know, fortunately, um, you know, that guy got laid off and then I subsequently got laid off from the company in a merger. And so like, that was the saving grace because I don't, you know, in hindsight, I don't know if there hadn't been something so dramatic if that wouldn't have happened to then force us to then turn to each other mm-hmm. and go, okay, how are we going to do this ourselves? It's an amazing story that you guys have put together. You've been married for 25 years. You started a podcast in 2010. Uh-huh. You've written a book. You've uh, you've been doing this for a long time. You've had millions of downloads. You've affected positive. You, you're my heroes because I with you know with Positive Talk Radio, I'm trying to positively affect a lot of people, and you guys are affecting have affected millions of married couples. And uh, I just wanted to say that in front of everybody so that you can you know you, you need to be congratulated for what you've done. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kevin. It, it's. It's truly something that we have a passion for. Mm -hmm. We do. And getting behind our microphones and sharing our lives and those of in the one family, that's what we call our our audience and those who listen. Um, It's just it's a blessing to be able to share that, hey, you can struggle Mm -hmm. and yet we can make some shifts. We can make some changes and things can positively um, go in a direction that you didn't think. Um, and, and it's really awesome and a privilege. And I've listened to some of your podcasts and you even talk about <clears throat> the, um, you know, the, um, um, well, the sex word, why not? Let's, let's go there because it, it's something that needs to be discussed, mm-hmm. um, openly, honestly, and transparently. And that's quite unusual because most people are not willing to even, dare I say it, even to each other, they're not willing to talk openly and honestly about wants and needs and thoughts and what they'd like to do and, and how they'd like to be and how they'd like to conduct their lives. And it, that, that really is a self-defeating thing if you're not open and honest, isn't it? Well, it is because you have all of this stuff going on inside your head right? About what you're thinking, about what you think they're thinking, about what you want them to be, like all of these different things, but it's not coming out of your mouth. And so then, you know, your expectations aren't being met and you're frustrated and the resentments grow. And then all of a sudden nobody wants to have sex because there's all of these walls between the two of you. Instead of 
developing the skills and you know whether we're talking about communicating about feelings or we're talking about communicating about sex this is skill development mm-hmm. you know where tony and i are now 12 years after having a weekly conversation about our marriage is not where we started right right we we didn't start out comfortable talking about these things we just kept doing it and, and having awkward conversations and talking about things that most people don't talk about we just happened to record them for the last 12 years. <laughs> Our first episode 60 day sex challenge. I wish we had the bloopers and the oh outtake reels because it probably took us 10 takes before we finally were able to record that first episode and not Just feel awkward. awkward. Well, we still felt awkward, but we finally got through the we introduction. Got it, got it. Yeah, we got right? through. It. So describe <laughs> describe the 60 day sex challenge for me. Yeah, you know, when we were in When we were in one of our lowest points of our marriage, this is going back to 2008. Let me think. think. I think it was 2008. 14 years ago. Yes, that math works. Um, We weren't having sex, right? It was kind of this like, I mean, technically we were probably a sexless marriage. It was probably less than once a month. And it was this big tug of war in our marriage. We had two little kids, they were two and five, just nothing was working in our marriage. And we were leading a small group at our church. Tony wanted to talk about sex in the small group because he's like, the church doesn't talk about sex enough. And I'm like, fine, let's talk about this. No, it wasn't a fine, let's talk about it. Find me a book that we can use that we can use. And then we can talk about that with our group. And so I ran off. I remember I was out um, on the road working and I like found the nearest Christian bookstore. I, I scoured the, the shelves and I found an amazing book called intimacy ignited. And I brought that home and I said, Elisa, I found the book. And, and then it was a, okay, we're going to find now we'll talk about, now we'll talk about it. We'll bring this up to the other couples. And we went through that, that book. And coupled with that, you know, we had seen a television clip about two couples that had done sex challenges. One, the wife for her husband's 40th birthday had given him a year of sex and they're never really clear in their book about how many times they had sex, but that was their, you know, their year. And then another couple had done 101 days of sex straight. And we knew- And straight, like when we- Like every day. Every day. Like they made sure to do it every day. And- when we were getting ready to lead the small group, we knew it was going to be eight weeks. So for those of you that can do the math quickly, that's 56 days. And so Tony rounded up. He's like, what if we did a 60 day sex challenge? And I'm again, two kids, we're not having sex. This is a hard no for me. I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I don't even think Kevin, that he finished the question before <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And then just, true. just to put oh, yeah. an exclamation point on it, I then got up from the bed where we were having this discussion and went and put a fabulous avocado green facial mask on. Because I thought at least that night, I mean, I, I was at least asking, I went big. And when she said no, that wasn't the first time that I'd been rejected in my yeah. marriage, in our marriage, when it came around sexual intimacy. And I'm an optimist. I'm a guy where, hey, the glass is seven eighths full. So in my mind, I'm going, well, I went big for 60 days. That she said no to that. Well, at least it'll probably happen tonight. So when she comes out with this big old green avocado mask on, I'm like, what are we doing here? Well, at least at least you could have nachos at the at, at, in that book. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, truth be told, the next day, um, 
you know, I, I came to the realization, just, I call it my come to Jesus moment where I was yep. like, if I, if I'm not willing to try, if I'm not willing to see what happens, I mean, it's sex. It's not like he's asking me to chop off an arm or give up a kid. He, the, the, my husband wants to have sex with me. That's not a bad thing. Um, and just this realization that if I wasn't willing to try, then my marriage probably was over. Mm-hmm. Like we were just going to go through the motions, um, because this had been such a tug of war in our marriage. And so we, we ended up kind of hashing out the details that night when he came home and we completed 40, 40 days out of that 60 day period. Mm-hmm. And it was really in that, even though sex was the catalyst, the sexual intimacy was the catalyst for that, that challenge changed every facet of our marriage. It's where the six pillars of intimacy came from and, and started to become an idea because we're like, there's so much more to marriage and there's so much more to intimacy than just sex. Mm-hmm. And that's what started to transform everything back in 2008. Yeah. You know, there's that old joke that says, uh, um, what's, what's, and it's, it's an ethnic group, so I won't use the ethnic group, but it says, what's three hours of foreplay? And that's three hours of begging. Um, and that's in, in some marriages. And I have a friend who had a marriage, and it became a power struggle because one would say, let's, and the other one would come up with an excuse as to no, and it became a, a real bone of contention because that the person who said no all the time had the power and, and, could, and could dictate uh, the, the, how well the other person did. And is, is that kind of what you had to get through as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely had to deal with that. And, and we learned over the, now in those 60 days, it was, it was like almost a pressure cooker. We were learning so much, but we were willing to take a step in a direction to see change happen in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think what we really come to, and when we speak behind our microphones is giving couples an opportunity, no matter where they are in their marriage and in their life to go, we can make this one change. Mm -hmm. And if we can make this one change, and I'm not saying it has to be a sex challenge. We talk about many different other areas uh, of intimacy when we talk about the six pillars of intimacy. So how can we move you in one direction? So maybe this week it's about your financial intimacy. Maybe you're, you're in debt. And maybe that's really the cause of the the stress and the inability to have sex with your spouse because you're stressed out. So can we move you in a place where you can begin to uncover the debt, start getting rid of the debt so that way you can get closer together and have the closeness and connection you want? Mm By the way, a couple of things I want to mention. First of all, we've mentioned it, but the six pillars of intimacy, the secret to an extraordinary marriage is their book and it's out. You can get it at Amazon or any of the big uh, sellers and you can get it from their website, which of course is one extraordinary marriage.com, which is also the name of your podcast. Yes. And uh, again, I just have to applaud you for doing for doing the podcast because I think it will help a lot of people. It's like the I asked you before the show began about the sixty day sex challenge. You've had millions of downloads. How many people do you think took you up on that? And you said, Tony, oh, many more than we can think of. I mean, so many. And the crazy thing is, too, Kevin, you said that. And what is just it's just a testament to what people are willing to do mm-hmm. and, and going after the extraordinary. We've had so many come up to us and go, Hey, we took you on your 60 day sex challenge. Um, we're still going and we're on like day 150. And, and I'm going, 
are you kidding me? Or, oh, we're taking you up on our chat on your challenge. And we had one couple a couple of years ago, they had sex, what, 200 and something times over the course of the year? 208 times in a year. I'm just like, okay, you guys are amazing because that isn't happening here between Lisa and I. <laughs> like, it's just amazing. And, and I applaud them and I continue to encourage them. Mm-hmm. So I gotta, I gotta ask you, given that, and given the sex challenge itself, did you find that while you were in the middle of this, that your relationship with each other and with sex and all of that was changing at the same time? Hundred um, percent. Where yeah. sex had really been, and you alluded to this earlier, sex had really been a power struggle. Yeah. In our marriage, there had been there had been hurts. There had been you know mindsets and beliefs that needed to be addressed. In turn, you know, I mean, I grew up watching all the Disney movies and thinking that you know it's his job to pursue me. And you know, if I didn't want to, I mean, we have a show called McDonald's Theory because, and it was one of the first shows we ever recorded. Episode three. Episode actually. three. <laughs> because here, here was my perspective on it. Right, if I go to McDonald's and they say, "Do you want fries with that?" Some days I feel like fries and some days I don't, right? And that was how I felt about sex. Some days I wanted to, and some days I didn't. What I didn't learn until we did the 60 day sex challenge was that when I said no, you know, no to the fries, no to sex, that I was actually creating this damage. I was hurting my husband by, you know, like Tony will always have the French fries, right? So by saying no- I love French fries. I eat French fries at Ruth Chris. Yeah, you're a guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what I learned during that was that when we, when I was saying no, I was actually hurting him mm-hmm. because it was something that was so important to him. It's like, you know, there are so many spouses that like, I want to have that great conversation. Well, if your spouse doesn't want to have the conversation with you, then you have that same hurt. And to create an extraordinary marriage, we have to go after looking at our marriage holistically. Mm-hmm. Right. And look at all the areas. We can't just say it's a tug of war about sex or it's a tug of war about having conversations and sharing feelings. It's like, how do we as a team level up our marriage together, being on the same side, not fighting against each other? Yeah, it was the time I want to just share this real quick too, Kevin. With younger kids, it was that time period too where I believe in our marriage of 11 years. Now, about six years prior to that, we got out of debt together. And that was an amazing accomplishment that we achieved together. But other than that one moment in 11 years, this was the first time I felt like we were truly on the same team Mm. because we really came together because we knew we were going to have sex every day. And it wasn't like, hey, Elisa, you need to go do that. Or Tony, you need to do this in terms of chores or taking care of the kids or work stuff or whatever. Together, we looked at our life and our marriages. We're together. Mm -hmm. How are we going to accomplish this together? I don't know about you guys, but if I were to do that, if I would have done that with with my significant other at the time, I would have made sure I'd have done the dishes, I'd have done the laundry, I'd have said, are you okay, honey? Do you want it to rest for a couple minutes and get ready to, you know, and uh, and stuff like that? Because it it's that important because in our psyche, if you get, if you are the pursuer and you get turned down a lot, it affects your, um, it affects your self-esteem. Absolutely. Because I'm no longer, I'm not, I'm my, this person that I married that I love dearly doesn't even care and doesn't even want me. So who else would want me if she doesn't want me? Mm-hmm. Hey, we all have this, this innate need to know that we're important, to know that we're desired, to know that we're valued. Mm-hmm. And 
when, when that isn't happening within the marriage, we do question our self-esteem. We do feel less than. And what I tell people all the time as a coach, a marriage coach is that, you know, if your marriage is working well, the rest of your life is going to be incredible because it flows out of this, like I can do anything type of, you know, like we're good. So I don't care what the world presents to me. Like, I'm just going to go tackle it. Or I'm, I know that coming home is a safe place. I know that this is a place where I'll find comfort and I'll find connection and I'll find all of the closeness. But if the marriage isn't going well, then it's just like, okay, now I, I got to go look somewhere else mm-hmm. to have that. And that's like we were talking about earlier. That's where a lot of people will step out and have their emotional or sexual needs met outside the marriage. And that's why we have the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. So when they start looking around, that comes up. And we've mm-hmm. heard it time and time again, people being in that place of hurt and frustration going, oh, I just found your podcast. I was Googling it or I was on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts and I was searching for marriage stuff and, and, and you showed up and, and we have shows that are specific around like rejection and what does that do to a, me- a marriage and what does it mean to initiate sex and what does that look like from both one spouse perspective compared to the other mm-hmm. spouse perspective. And so there's so much there's so many different things that we bring up that couples can start looking in and start going, well, what can I do instead of looking outward and going, well, I'll just go find something else over there. Mm -hmm. Now put your therapist hat on for me, if you will, if you're coaching hats, because uh, this, I think is a question that happens a lot in a marriage. And and that is if one, if one of the partners wants to get deep into the conversation about whatever the subject matter is, uh, finances or raising the kids, which always is a contentious issue and all, all of that. But, um, and the other one grew up in a family that did not have a lot of deep conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, if they had an argument the next day, they would pretend that the argument didn't happen and that sort of thing. How do you convince that person or those people that are diametrically opposed to communication, how do you get them together? Or can you? You absolutely can. And, you know, a lot of times, and I use the term baby steps when I'm talking to my coaching clients, it gets into a place of let's start with doing something as simple as setting a timer for 10 or 15 minutes, right? We're only going to talk like, because sometimes if you're the person that wants to go deep, your spouse is thinking every time we have a conversation, it's going to be a three hour conversation. (laughs) And that just makes me nauseous. Right. Yeah. So exactly. But if you know, you're, if you know, and there's an agreement that when the timer goes off after 10 or 15 minutes, it's okay to get up. Right. And it's okay to say, we'll continue this later. Then you actually create a safe space for the person that doesn't talk as much or doesn't, isn't used to that to just kind of start to exercise that muscle. And I would also say, change your surrounding, Mm -hmm. change what, change what you've seen. When it comes to communication, it is a learned skill. And I truly believe this, this, the Tony you're listening to now, isn't the Tony that started one extraordinary marriage 12 years ago. I mean, I used to talk over people would people would email us, Kevin, and get mad because Elisa would be saying stuff. And I'd be like, no, no, no. Stop. Like just shutting her down. Like you don't need to talk here. Like I got this. I'll handle it. And and we just learned as like, oh, okay, that probably wasn't the best way to address this. So you have to change what you've seen and what I get it. You grew up in a in a way that your family didn't communicate well. So change things up. You don't need to sit in the kitchen like your parents sat in the kitchen to have a conversation. You don't. You can get right outside your door. You live in Seattle. It's beautiful. Time has changed. You guys are going to get the, some of the longest days coming up 
you know, as you head into, into summer, yeah. it's beautiful. We, we, we lived in Spokane for a year and a half. So we know uh, on the, on the East side of the state, but go for a walk and talk mm-hmm. instead of sitting across from each other in this contentious, like we're going to go into a boxing match together, get outside, go see Mount Rainier, hold hands, go shoulder to shoulder. We're, we're, we're talking together. We're on the same team. Let's change it up. Mm-hmm. Do around the block. If that's what you got. Great. If you can do a mile. Great. If you want to go longer. Great. But do that so that way you're changing up the situation that you saw growing up as a child and start making your own decisions and your own legacy, excuse me, in your own legacy for what's ahead. Mm -hmm. And it also takes quite a commitment from both people to want it to succeed. It does. But like I told some coaching clients last night, you know, on, on the day that you took your wedding, made your wedding vows, most people, when they, you know, finish saying the vows, there is an I do right? They say the I do's. They didn't say the I did, right? Mm-hmm. Past tense. Like I'm never doing this again. And they didn't say, they don't say I will do, right? Future tense at some point in time, they say I do. And that is present tense. That's today. That's in this moment. And that's that's the mentality we need to have in our marriage. Like we're going to stay in the present and we're going to do something today. I'm going, I, I, I am in this conversation. I will stay here for 15 minutes with you. I I'm learning a new skill just because I don't know how to communicate my feelings. Doesn't mean I can't learn how to communicate my feelings just because my dad always got mad and blew up, flew off the handle. Doesn't mean I can't learn to control myself just because my mom always shut down and withdrew. Doesn't mean I can't learn to engage. We're, we're all adults listening to the show right now. If you're an adult, you actually can do something about the communication in your marriage. You just have to choose it. Speaking of which, if you're an adult and would like to call in and talk to these fine people and get some, get some, um, and you can, you know, uh, frame it in the, in the form that it's a friend that you're calling for. Absolutely. So 425-373-5527 I can tell you they can help you. And, uh, and, uh, it would be well worth your time to give us a call, but you know, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, cause listening to your podcast, it is, it's, it's fun to listen to because you guys are very real and, uh, you don't hide anything and it's not, it's not a, uh, um, fake thing. It's a, it's a, it's a real thing. So, um, I was in a marriage that we did not fight. We did not argue much. We did not fight because I would give up. Uh, because I didn't want the argument. Um, and I didn't want to take it to a place I wasn't comfortable with. So, but that was not, that was not, that was not good for the marriage because I didn't stand up and we didn't, we didn't ever talk in a real non-superficial way. So how would you encourage somebody to, to really, um, to, to get in there and talk in a real way? And if that leads to an argument and that leads to an argument, is that, am I right in that? Well, I, I think in a lot of cases like that, that's when you might need to bring in a professional to help the two of you facilitate learning how to do those conversations. Because what happens is over the course of time in a marriage, we develop our dance, I call them our dance routines, right? It's the, well, I know if I say this, then he's going to say this, and then she's going to say that, and we know exactly what's going to happen. So like you said, I'm just not going to do this because I know this is going to blow up in my face, and it's going to be bad, and I don't want to deal with those negative emotions. So when were you in my house last time? (laughs) I've done, done, you know, worked with a couple or two, or, you know, 400. Uh, Just by the way, Kevin, 
Elisa does all of the marriage coaching here at One Extraordinary Marriage. I don't do any of it. I get behind the microphone and, and I have a conversation with Elisa once a week. Yeah. She has just an amazing ability to speak into marriages. And we learned this some years ago, um, many years ago, I should say at this point. And so I, I stepped aside mm -hmm. and was just like, you know what? Talk to her. And she just has such a, an impact when she's speaking to her couple. So mm -hmm. uh, if anybody is ever interested, you know, you will be talking to her. It's not <laughs> both of us. She just goes after it. Too many cooks in the kitchen. If right. there's two of us, but you know, coming back to this place about fighting um, when you have somebody to help you facilitate those conversations, because a lot of times mm -hmm. too, what happens with that dance pattern is that there's so much stuff that's been buried over the years that even trying to have the initial conversation can feel like an avalanche of all of the past hurts, all of the missteps. And it actually has to become part of the healing process for a couple to uncover those things and to be able to talk through and learn how to talk through them, learn how to engage, learn how to not fly off the handle. And you go through your conflict cycle with them. I do. That's something that we mm -hmm. have developed here. And it's, it's a conflict cycle. And, and Elisa will go through it to, to sort of diagram, to show the couple, hey, this is what's going on. This is your conflict cycle that you keep playing and playing. So how are we going to interrupt that cycle? So that way you can have some breakthrough. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really sound advice. That's, mm -hmm. that's really good. What if you could describe in, in all of your work with all the people who, who talk to you and email you and call in, what is the number one problem that marriages have? Or is there one? Or is it just completely off the board for everybody? I think the number one problem is that we don't learn how to talk to one another after the honeymoon phase. Um, you know, when, when we're dating, it's rainbows and unicorns and warm fuzzies and you're amazing. And, you know, even if we have a fight, oh, we're just like, we'll just kiss and make up and that kind of thing. And then, you know, after the honeymoon, however long that lasts for you, um, you know, like I fell in the toilet seat last night, or I can't believe you didn't pay that bill on time. Or what about your parents? Like, why are they calling and inviting us to another thing? And you stayed late at work and all of these things start to happen. And we're never really equipped to go, how do I deal with that? How do I share my feelings? And I think this is really what it boils down to is most of the time we don't go into marriage knowing how to express our feelings and create a safe space for someone else to express their feelings to us. We've been hurt by other people in the past. Yeah. We, we've had role models that haven't done it well. Um, we, we've never even heard these kind of conversations talked about, right? It's why so many people love our show because we talk about the things that married couples might wanna talk about, but they've never like, how do I even bring that up? Um, and so not having that skill set, we go into marriage and then we're so disappointed or so hurt and we just start to internalize all of that where, you know, so much of the work that I do with couples is how do we talk about feelings? What are the hot topics that you haven't talked about? How do we create a strategy around that and, and build in accountability into the marriage so that you can have wins? Because when you start to have success, you can build upon success. If I can figure out where you've got strength, I will just build upon your strengths to, to help you continue to have success. It's what I do in every coaching session. You know, and there, there are, and I, I will admit this, there are some people that should not be married because of, of abuse in the, or a narcissistic attitude Absolutely. and that kind of thing. But if the, absent those things, if, unless you learn how to communicate in this marriage, 
Don't you take it through to the next relationship and the one after that, and then suddenly you've been married three times and can't figure out why the heck he keeps dating the same guy? Mm -hmm. Well, you do go everywhere that you go. I mean, so you're, you're the constant, right? If you don't figure out your own stuff, and it's why I tell people, because I've worked with couples that have, you know, ended up divorced. I've worked with couples that have been divorced, you know, in our, you know, second, third marriages, and you still have to learn how to communicate. And, and you have to deal with your trauma. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, something that I would, I want to share here. And, and Kevin, thank you for, for sharing that. If you're, if you're in a emotionally or, or physically abusive uh, marriage, please get help. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a domestic hotline. Uh, I don't know the number right off the top of my head. We can get it for you, but please get help. Um, we do not believe that you are meant to be in that place. You need to protect yourself and you need to protect your kiddos if you have them, male or female. We've seen it go both ways. Uh, The National Domestic Violence Hotline, if you do need it, it's 800-799-7233. They can help you through that. Um, But Say that number one more time. Yeah, so it's 1-800-799-7233. Because that's so important. Mm -hmm. It it is. And and Elisa and I... We have fun with marriage. We do. You'll hear me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe we, we. this is one of the most important relationships we have on earth. And I couldn't imagine mine without Elisa. And, and, and yet, if you're in a place where there's things that are going on emotionally, physically, get help, mm-hmm. get out. It is not our desire to see you be, to see you live in that place. With that being said, trauma. If you're dealing with trauma, be it from your past, Mm -hmm. we hear from folks who have been sexually abused, both male and female. So when we talk about stuff too, there are no stereotypes here. Mm -hmm. We have as just as many women who come up to us and say, my husband doesn't want to have sex as many men who come up to us and say, my wife doesn't want to have sex. If you've dealt with trauma, sexual abuse, you've been raped, um, Death, physical abuse, death, physical yeah. be- abuse, death, any of these things can, can impact your marriage. And you're wondering why you don't have the joy that you desire. You, you're, you're like, ah, oh, but it's always just this. Then get help, mm-hmm. get professional help. Cause we have people who come up to us and be like, well, I can't have the sex like you and Tony have. And then they, they go into this story of how they've been sexually abused mm-hmm. at the age of 12. And have never told anybody, and now they're 38 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's ruined their life up to that point. And it's ruined their life, their marriage, and they're wondering why they can't have the sexual intimacy they want with their husband or with their wife. And you need to deal with that trauma. You have to. There are professionals out there, counselors, therapists, coaches, but you got to take the step and go do it. And I want to tell you, you can go do it. There's nothing wrong about it. There's nothing wrong with you going after it. Get the help so you can get the healing that you need. If you're abused when you're a child, it is not your fault. Correct. Cease that thought that's going through your head right now because it is not your fault. You are a victim. And Tony's exactly right. If you need, if you need guidance, gosh, I know a financial planner. He makes a quarter million dollars a year. You know what he has? He has a financial coach. Mm-hmm. You think? He's he's a smart dude. He knows a lot about stuff, but he still need. You'd still need an outside perspective. 
you need somebody who can come in and and to help you deal with some of the issues that that you might not even realize that you're dealing with right Mm -hmm. you know and it's just it's stepping into that place of saying you know our, our company is called one extraordinary marriage why because we want everyone to be extraordinary and your path to extraordinary doesn't have to look just like your neighbors. It doesn't have to look like the couple down the street. What is it that you need to do both individually and as a couple mm-hmm. to create that for yourselves? What are the resources that you need? Go get them. Mm-hmm. Go out. And see, I mean, that's the whole reason when extraordinary marriage exists. We didn't have the resources that we needed at one of the most right. critical times in our marriage. So we started talking. And over the last 12 years, we've created resource upon resource often just to serve a need in our own marriage and we've been you know fortunate enough to be able to share it with you know all of the one family yeah we started the podcast kevin really because we we felt there was a need to speak into this area and for myself personally i was 30 let's see i was 36 years old when we started it and i felt like everybody that i was learning from the 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 amazing guys and gals who were writing books on marriage were much older, like in their sixties. And all they would do is say, especially to the, to the husband, be like, take your, take your wife on a date, romance her. I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that look like when you have small kids running around and everybody's screaming at each other? And you're just trying to get to the, just to get to the car without the kids screaming with the babysitter. And then you get in the car and, and then you're playing the like, all right, we're in the car. Like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't, care. I don't know. Whatever you want to do, just pick something so we can go on our date. Okay, fine. Let's go get pizza. I don't want pizza. <laughs> I don't want to go on this date. <laughs> so, so that's why we we started the podcast just to share from a a, a couple who's going through life mm-hmm. and going. We're going to go after this, and you can come along for the ride. And we've just been blessed to to write books and have resources now, like Elisa said, to help you along your own path. Mm-hmm. And again, you were in my house again. I don't know how you got there, but you were, that's where you were. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, I want to ask you because you are, have been living this for the last 12 years and it's a passion of yours clearly. And with the book that you've written, which is the six pillars of intimacy, the secret to an extraordinary marriage, you must be really proud of the work that you've done. I will tell you daily, we get emails from people who share everything from, we were sexless for the last 10 years after my husband revealed his affair. And you know, because of what we heard on the podcast, because of what we read in your book, we had sex for the first time in 10 years. Mm-hmm. We have emails that say yeah, that was... we were going to tell our kids the next day that we were getting a divorce, but I listened to a podcast and I asked him to listen to a podcast. And instead of telling our kids we're getting a divorce, we're going to figure out a way to make our marriage work. Yeah. These are the kinds of emails. I mean, people that have read the book and are like, oh my gosh, now I know what to call these, you know, different areas of our marriage. And we're figuring out our own game plan. And, and we didn't know Kevin, when, when we did the 60 day sex challenge, you know, 14 years ago, when we started the podcast 12 years ago, I mean, we were just, we were a nobody couple in San Diego, California, that got behind microphones and just recorded a silly, well, it wasn't silly, but like, like it felt really silly to us because we couldn't even get through the intro for about 10 times. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And nobody knew what a podcast was back then. I mean, this was yeah, like, I know. Like, I was trying to sell something on Elisa, like, 
people are going to listen to this. I'm really, like, Elisa? Nobody's going to listen to this. And she's like, no. And in her mind, she's like, I'll do five or 10 episodes. I'll, I'll appease Tony and we'll be done. And and now we're going to close in on 700. But we we have been, and I'm very passionate and I'm very excited about what we get to do because of the legacy we get to leave. Mm-hmm. And not just us. It's not about us. We just are, we are just the voices behind it. It's the, the many couples who have picked up the mantle and said, no, we're going to strengthen our six pillars of intimacy. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the extraordinary marriage we desire. And we're going to change the legacy of not only our lives, but those that are going to come after us. Mm-hmm. But that's how it happens is you have a passion you follow your passion and then you let you you let i god the universe whatever you choose to call the higher power to do its magic or her magic or his magic and and it it works out just fine well it's been really neat kevin because of the fact that we've been around for 12 years now um we're seeing and hearing and actually got to attend the wedding of a young people, you know, in their twenties now, they're not children, young people, <laughs> children, parents who started listening to us, their children, their are, children now are now getting married. And so yeah. this is like, literally it's the second generation yeah. of married couples. And it's such like we were, Tony was invited to co-officiate a wedding back in January. And it was this beautiful thing because this young woman um, in her early twenties, like she remembers what her parents' marriage was like before they found one extraordinary marriage. And she's, she's not only lived this transformational life because her parents changed how they did marriage, but she's now starting her marriage with this foundation that we've been able to speak into her and her fiance's life. Tony, like I said, co-officiated the wedding. And which was really cool. And and it is, it is a pride, you know, it is something we're proud of, but more importantly, I'm proud of every single husband and wife and couple that said, we're not just going to settle for being okay. We're not just going right. to go along with the status quo. We're not going to accept the fact that because we've been married, our sex life has to go, you know, down the toilet and we don't talk to each other because that's what people do. And, you know, when the kids all leave for high school, we're just going to get divorced. I'm more proud of the couples that have said, no, we're going to go after the extraordinary yeah. because we, we know that it's possible. And that's, that's who we are. And I just want to make the point that what we're talking about here is, uh, and we've been using the term marriage a lot, but it really is more relationship. It's it's uh, a committed couple that are together, uh, whether or not, and I'm not going to be judgmental about whether or not they've uh, signed, you know, gone in front of a judge or the church or whatever. Oh, yeah. But it's but it's about a, a committed relationship and and how to make that work. Is that, am I am I okay with that? Yeah, I mean, we define it because we're married. That's the language that we use. Sure. Right. I mean, we've been married 25 years now going on 26. So we're super comfortable with, but we, there are a lot of couples in the one family who, you know, they might not have the paper, but they're using principles or principles, right? They're going to work if you employ them, if you take action on them, if you're committed to the process. And that's really what we look at. Yeah. And we've had folks single, dating, engaged, married, divorced, remarried, they're all listening. Mm-hmm. They're all listening. And so wherever you are in that, in that journey, we totally understand it. We just come from a place of, Hey, this is who we, this is who we're talking to. And, and you may be single wanting to get married. You may be dating and like looking at that person across the table from you going, is this the one? You may be engaged and just want to get going, or you may be newlyweds to 
50 plus years married and going, what are we doing? How are we, how are we making some changes? Or like I said, you've gone divorced and you've gone remarried. Great. Jump in. Mm -hmm. Like we're here to speak into your life, wherever, wherever you are, you got to step in though, as well and go here, here's the, here, the six pillars of intimacy. Here are the principles. Am I going to put them into play and into practice in my life and in my marriage? Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that, that, you know, we don't require, we require a license to be able to drive, mm -hmm. um, but we don't ask any, and we have to, you know, you have to do some coursework and you have to take a test. We don't ask people to, to do anything about being a parent or about getting together as a couple. And it's all really seems like it's rather random and uh, there's, and their success can be positive or negative, but it, it seems to me like, like if you got the six pillars of intimacy, that would, that would be one step closer to understanding mm -hmm. what, what you're getting your, if you've never been married before and you're going to get married, I can tell you right now that what you think you're going to do is not what's going to happen. It's going to be completely different and you're going to have to figure it out. And so you need people like Tony and Elisa that can do that for you and with you um, because they've been through the war yeah. and they've come out the other side and, yeah. and it's, it's awesome. And we love it. I, when, I just want to share something into that. Um, we had a, a young lady email us some years ago, mm. uh, 16 years old, and it just broke my heart. And it also made me smile reading it, but she goes, I grow, I'm growing up in a home where my mom and dad don't speak to, to each other. I don't see them together. And she goes, I found your podcast. And she goes, you guys give me hope of what is possible. And I feel like in, in today's day, there are a lot of couples that are having tough times. And if we can be that mentor couple for, mm -hmm. for a young lady or a young man who is wondering, like, do I really want to do this thing? What's it look like? Um, and we are truly honored and blessed to come, come alongside them through the podcast and be those folks for them so that they can just listen in now and go, all right, yeah, I hear what Tony and Lisa are saying. And um, that's what I want to do. So it's wherever they're at. We're, we're, we're excited for them. And I'll tell you, listening to your podcast is conversational in style. It's, it's very, very intelligent. It's very cool on, on what you guys do. It's clear that not only are you married, but you love each other very much. And if you ever get divorced, I'll be crushed. Uh, <laughs> you want a lot of other people, Kevin. We have right. many a conversations. <laughs> believe me, we, we take our own advice many yes. a times. Well, and there's got to be just a certain amount of pressure around that, you know, that you got to because, you know, anyway, but uh, uh, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting topic, though. And, and I think when we started, there was none. I don't take any on now, although there are times when I do feel it. But at the same time, I, I always think about like, just be us, be who we are, because that's what people want people who are real and open, and honest with them. Yeah. And you and you do an absolutely great job. Can I can I beg you guys to come back and do this again? Was this was this fun enough? Absolutely. Yes. We love it. We love yes. it. We 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 love Washington. Having yeah. having lived there for a year and a half, our oldest was born there in Spokane. By so. the way, how, how are the kids doing? How old are they now? Nineteen and sixteen. So freshman in college and sophomore in high school. Oh, how's the teenagers these days? They're tough, aren't they? They have their own set of challenges, but I will tell you, they've Very been my, for me, they've been like the best years. I, I think teenagers get a bad rap collectively, um, but for the things they do, for the things, I mean, <laughs> on head decisions, not going to lie. Uh, but 
watching your kids become young adults and seeing them start to take on the world and being a part of that Mm -hmm. is one of the most incredible experiences. I mean, it was neat to, when they were little to watch them, like learn how to walk and talk and tie their shoes, but this whole, like launching out into the world. So exciting. We have some of the best conversations now, and it could be because they've grown up in a house where we do a lot of talking. (laughs) And I advocate everybody that is a parent and a few talk to your children. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to your children like they're actual people. Yeah. Um, that would be handy, don't you think? Yeah. Well, it changes a whole lot of things when they grow up and get married. <laughs> or even they start relationships or all that. What you're doing when you begin to make the change, you impact so much more. Mm-hmm. And I think we we all have this, we, we don't see it. And I've had to learn and grow into it as well as a, as a, as a dad um, is that they see. And, and, they're, and they're there and they know being 19 and 16 years old, we have these conversations now because Elisa and I've had these, these times together or just mm-hmm. made sure to carve out time just for us and the kids know now. And so it's, it's really interesting to see them uh, encourage us even to get out and go, Hey, get, go do your thing. Like you guys got to go do your thing. And we're like, yeah, all right. See you gotta later. Go. Bye. <laughs> it gets a lot easier when they're teenagers. When they're teenagers yeah. and they can drive and do their thing. Absolutely. As, as long. Yeah. Driving is that's a whole other, another thing. But I just I just, I just want to mention that um, when my kids were my kids were 15 and 18 when we broke up and it affected them, it affected the 15 year old in a huge way. The other the other one was had a girlfriend and they were off doing what they were doing. But but the 15 year old, he had to go to two different houses. He had to learn and navigate through that. He you know, he stayed at my house to go to school and then I was putting my house up for sale. And it, it, it was just so disruptive. Yeah. Of, and I really wish that, that we could have communicated better and we could have figured it out. Where the hell were you in 2007? That's all. <laughs> That's how we started off. The, we that's how figured, we started off the show. We hadn't figured things out by then. Right? We, we were still working through our own crap. Ish. Ish. <laughs> We've only got a couple of minutes left, but I would like to turn the floor over to you guys. To I'd like you to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. I would say this. This is something I believe I believe in, and, and we talk about every single episode. Be intentional and take action. Mm-hmm. Be intentional in one area of your marriage. Pick one pillar of intimacy, be intentional in it and take action in it for just say 30 days. Mm-hmm. Pick one, just go after it. And I really do believe with that intentionality and you just taking a step and your spouse moving in that direction, it may be you starting out, but I do believe there will be some shifts that begin to happen in just 30 days that give you the encouragement and hope to continue moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I would just add to that and say, there's likely something in your life that you do well mm. and that where places where you have strength, figure out how those strengths can then impact your marriage. Start from a place of success. Don't start from a place of weakness where you're deficient or you don't know how to do something. Figure out what you know how to do yeah. and apply that to your marriage because you can take action. It's what I do with all my coaching clients. And um, don't, don't stop trying. Mm-hmm. Don't stop trying. Get help if you need it. And it's not embarrassing. It's it's not a. It's not. You should not be shameful to go get help. We we all need help in in many aspects of our lives, and you should go get it. We've been talking to uh, Tony and Elise, and go get the six pillars of intimacy, and uh, go listen to their podcast, which again is. I'll let you say it this time. 
Oh, One Extraordinary Marriage Show. You can find it on any podcast app, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, you name it, you'll find it. You're my heroes, and, and you're, you're doing such great work, and I thank you for it. Uh, you're listening to Positive Talk Radio. We'll be back Friday at noon with a Michael, or with, yeah, my, uh, Matthew Stapley. He is a psychic medium of note, and uh, we will have a really good time with him, so call in Friday at noon. And by the way, take care of each other, because each other's all we got. We'll see you next time. Thank you.